The Sexy Librarian presents the Kiss Me Quicks Erotica Podcast. You are entitled to your sexual self. We encourage lurid listeners to be playful, enjoy yourselves, your partners, and your sexuality. This show is for adults only. Welcome back to the Kiss Me Quicks Erotica Podcast. This is your favorite sexy librarian, Rose Carraway. All right, well, we're back. We've got another episode for you guys. I'm really excited about it. Um, but first, let's get to our lurid listener mail. What have you got for us, Big Daddy? Well, today we have a voicemail. She's been uh, just a huge supporter of the show, and uh, she left us just a wonderful voicemail that we're going to play for you right now. Good morning, Rose. You know, um, I'm a single mom and erotica helps me to recharge uh, and finding my sexual self to that. And things are happening right now in the world and in our personal lives. And it feels really good to to get our mind on something like pleasure, I think is a very important thing that we need right now in this time of age. And it's time in my personal life as well. It's not just entertainment it's more than that it's um i think pleasure is very important and and to write about it and to share with other people i think it's very important right now and we need more of this and we need more of you rose you and your husband um you know you said before in the past that it's punk rock erotica is a new punk rock and i do believe that too because it takes a very brave person to just come out and just say these amazing you know things that we're all thinking about but not everybody's brave enough to say these are my fantasies and you know put them out there I think you're doing something absolutely incredible and um, please forgive me for rambling on in these and if you've gotten this far thank you again Um, and I hope you and your family have a wonderful weekend thank you for everything Thank you, Mimi. Oh my God, I like, I cannot be more appreciative um, than when I actually hear another person's voice. You know, the emails have been really, really great because you guys are touching on, you know, just how much the KMQ has benefited your lives, but to hear your voice. And Mimi, I know you're listening. Your laugh, it, it puts a smile to my face. So don't ever stop laughing. I don't care what's going on in your life. Find a reason to laugh because your laugh is so contagious and it makes me want to just laugh with joy as well. So um, thank you for your voicemail. You touched on something that's that's very important, especially right now uh, in our in our world, our great big world. We are having to kind of get back in touch and be more pleasure-minded with ourselves and our partners. Um, It's so easy to be stressed out and negative, and it's hard to get back to that grounded, loving position. and, and that's what the KMQ is here to help. To It's like a marital aid. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, um, I, I hope that the KMQ does help service other listeners in the same way. Um, I, I have 
you know, had some concerns about some of my own fantasies. And I know I'm not alone in that. And I, I appreciate your comments, um, you know, regarding the bravery of, of putting my own fantasies in the story form for all the lurid listeners out there. Um, because I was a little nervous, but I have to get them out there because I know I'm not the only person, you know, who has these rock, rockin' rockin' awesome fantasies. So um, thank you, Mimi. And I will like to add that today's episode is dedicated to you, Mimi. All right, well, we've also got some grand news. Um, today, the Dirty 30 Volume 2 audiobook was released in Audible. Yeah, <laughs> it's finally. Been so, yeah, we're so glad. Um, it is 30 stories, which comes out to like nine hours and 57 minutes. I'm going to go ahead and say it's 10 hours. It is 10 hours of sexy erotica listening featuring brand new narrating yeah. voices. Narrator talent has been brought in. Um, one of those is you, Big Daddy. It is. Yeah, I did. I did a couple stories. It was it was fun. I, I liked it. it was, I, get, I see why you like doing this. <laughs> it's, you know, you get to put really cool pictures in other people's minds and I, I feel very powerful doing that. <laughs> I like sailing that ship. Um, in addition to Big Daddy narrating, uh, helping narrate Dirty 30, I'm in there too, but um, we've also got Donna Stone and also an author that you guys are familiar with, Jade A. Waters. Yeah. She it, like keep your eye and your ears uh, open for her because she is going to start rocking those erotica narrative waves. She's already got her own audiobook out. It's um, a love affair A to Z. It's yep. erotic poetry, yep. so it's erotica and prose. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. I've already listened to it. I owe her a review actually, <laughs> so I'll be getting on that soon. Um, so yeah, this audiobook, Dirty Thirty Volume Two, is jam packed. 10 hours, 30 stories, new voices. Go get it now. Use your your credit, subscribe. You'll get it for free right now. Um, to celebrate, we're doing a giveaway. Enter to win. All you have to do is contact me at contactstupidfish at gmail.com. Let me know that you want to enter to win Dirty 30 Volume 2 audiobook, and I will put your name in the hat. The drawing ends on June 30th. That's a couple of weeks. So write it down. Don't forget it um, and enter to win. It is, I'm so proud of this audiobook. I might start crying if I talk about it anymore. So uh, go get it now. It's available Dirty 30 Volume 2 in Audible. Before our story begins, let me tell you about our latest audiobook. The Sexy Librarian returns with another library of erotica just for you. Enjoy 30 adventurous, sizzling, fantasy-filled tales that span this sexy library from fairy tales to torrid literature, bi-curious rendezvous to sex cult acolytes, clandestine military adventures to public punishment and so much more. This is your very own Sexy Library. The Sexy Librarian's Dirty 30 Volume 2. Grab your partner, peruse the card catalog, and see which sexy story piques your libido first. 
Today's episode is titled Control Z and is written by me. This one is about a guy who wants a girl, but he's afraid of being too much for her. He's big and strong and, well, his lust is a bit on the overwhelming side and he doesn't think the girl can handle it. I'd like to dedicate this story to longtime Lurid listener Mimi. And now, Control Z by Rose Carraway, as featured in The Sexy Librarian's Dirty 30, Volume 1. She called me to her house today. I wasn't ready. It was too soon since that wretched night in her bedroom. But I come when she calls. The loyal dog to her doorstep. It's always been this way. She'll flash that winsome smile that will fill my lonely heart and swell my cock until it's a hard-knocked arrow. With just a touch, she can send lust thrashing its way through my blood, and I'll have to turn away, ashamed, instantly afflicted forced to shove a sweaty hand deep into my pocket to quell the storm, coax that painful rapture down, calm it so that I don't scare her. We are in her living room and I've finally gotten all the sections of the desk arranged, ready to be assembled. I look up. Melanie is awkwardly pecking away on her new laptop, A futile attempt to bring herself into this modern technological world. Bubblegum pink flip-flops are barely secure on those small, electric blue-painted toes. Her long, cinnamon-colored hair is combed back, still dripping from the shower. She's dressed in her weekend sweatpants, loosely falling just below her hip bones. She draws her knees up, a nesting dove on a giant futon. The laptop precariously balanced in her lap, And just as the brilliant sun breaks over the horizon, an all-too-familiar band of sunflower-yellow cotton catches my eye. My skin feels hot and damp, and I'm forced to clench my jaw to stifle a covetous growl. This is how it always is. This lust a scourge within my body. I've ached for Melanie for so long, but today the ache is much, much worse. I'm battling the uncultivated animal inside that wants nothing more than to take that beautiful yellow band of her panties between its treacherous teeth and gnash and lick and devour until my belly is full and swollen. But as I reread the required tools list, I remind myself that I'm not an animal. I'm a man. One who knows that such dark thoughts aren't acceptable. If the measure of a man were based on his ability to resist such primitive instincts, then I should be the king of men. Little Melanie is safe from me. She is oblivious to the threat she holds against my humanity. Over the years, her frolicking with and fucking of other men The constant parading and dangling of them like punching bags before me has nearly broke me too many times to count. 
and the thoughts, the jealousy that toils within my veins, the violent things I yearn for, I keep it all carefully censored. I would die before I hurt her. But this turmoil is difficult to control sometimes. Just last weekend, she went dancing, no current boyfriend in tow, though she was on the prowl for one, and it made my spine curl. I'll never forget that night. It was my biggest test. I feel my limbs start to tremble and I take a breath, clear the fog of desire from my brain, force myself back to calm, focus on assembling this fucking desk. Hey, uh, Melanie? My voice is thin, a coward's tone. Yeah? She stops typing, absently pinches her underwire, and with a quick bounce, the right bra cup catches her plump, round breast more comfortably. My heart stops. I examine the instruction sheet, this time so intently, I fear it might burst into flame. Uh, I'm gonna need to grab something from the garage, okay? My blood betrays me, and I'm relieved that Melanie doesn't look up to see my cock's bulging presence. Her focus is still on the illuminated screen, her brow creased in its writer's concentration. No problem, just don't trip out there. I haven't done any laundry yet. Her clumsy index fingers hardly keep up with her thoughts. Okay, I nod, a pathetic display. Her two fingers peck faster. The shallow lines on her brow deepen, and then, oh no, Melanie throws her beautiful head back in frustration. The slender line of her throat, smooth and mouthwatering. I can see a throb of pulse, and it tempts the beast crouched within me. What? I croak. Melanie rakes her fingers through her wet hair. I just deleted it all. What was it? I dare a step closer to verify a now blank screen. She straightens to look at me. Just the best sex scene I have ever written. This is why I prefer pen and paper. Damn it. I just got my girl naked and wet. And the guy, oh, he just got right behind her. And then she turned the laptop to face me. My stupid fingers hit something and the whole scene just went poof. In a tiny, coy voice, she adds, You wouldn't know how to retrieve a deleted sex scene, would you, guy? An invisible fist screams through the air and rams into my stomach. I can't breathe. Blood flows into my cock with a silent bang. I'm used to it, though. This battle with lust is as old as time. I take quick stock of my heartbeat. Measure the breaths that squeeze my chest before I speak. Hit control Z. Control Z? How? She searches the keys, then gives two taps, and her document, her sex scene, returns like magic. Melanie flashes me the biggest, brightest smile, and I'm suffocating all over again, just like that night. Suddenly, I feel her cool hands on my hot cheeks, and then warm, full lips press against mine. I panic and pull away. Melanie. What? Her breath falls against my face, making me want to weep. I need to get the desk. Why do you always do that, guy? Melanie's pouty disappointment crushes my heart and pleads with my cock simultaneously. I, I... 
Don't pull away from me this time, please. My big, sweaty hands cover both of hers, easily moving them away from my face as I take a step back from the futon and her to where the air is so much easier to breathe. She sighs. Look, I know I always need your help doing something around here, but there are things I can do. She leans forward, and I catch another glimpse of that band of sunflower-colored underwear. And suddenly, I need to flee. I'm drowning, remembering those dizzying smells, my own violent intoxication. If my body's immoral response scared me, what would she think? I'm too much for her. She needs someone with a soft hand, a gentle intention. I couldn't bear it if I hurt her. I tell myself I would hurt her, and like a shame-riddled beast, suddenly startled by its own shadow, I bolt from the living room toward the safety of the summer-heated garage. Where I trip on a pile of clothes at the bottom of the steps, I careen, a megalith tower crumbling toward the earth. My knees land, bruised despite the heaping, aromatic pile of Melanie's clothes. And in a single jolting flash, my lust is surging again, and my mind takes me back to that horrifying night in her bedroom. I'm wrapped in a dream. That arresting scent envelops me. I'm swimming, drowning in it all over again. That night at the club, Melanie had too much to drink. I'd gotten her home and helped her to her bedroom. Along the way, she giggled and sang and danced. So close and soft and small against my hard chest. A canary in the cage of my big arms. I feared I would ruin her. My lust an unstoppable Armageddon. I fumbled with fear, but got her undressed and safely under the covers. It stretched every moral fiber to cover her without the slightest added touch. The tiniest taste from a stolen kiss goodnight. Then I noticed her clothes still clutched tightly in my fist. Melanie had danced with so many men that night, acquired a handful of phone numbers, and my head spun with jealousy. Before I lifted the hamper's lid, I brought her clothes to my face. And like the low gourmand that I am, I nuzzled into the layers of softness and smelled. Through the dress silk, I inhaled the sweet aroma of Melanie's lotion and the repugnant odors of the men she boldly grinded against. It triggered within me a destructive need to slam my fists through the sheetrocked walls, to destroy and pummel. But then, filtering through the wake of my imagined destruction, I caught the most perfect scent in all the world. Its effects, an aphrodisiacal kryptonite. Anger gave way to powerful, violent spasms throughout my body as my cock erupted with its hot tidal stream. Those yellow panties had infused the very essence of her into my blood. I'd only smelled that scent once before, but back then it was merely a hint, as Melanie had tossed her sweaty gym clothes into the back seat of my car. I buried my nose so deep into that honeyed spice and breathed it all in to near asphyxiation. 
my mouth, a ravenous maw, gulping her feminine fumes, my tongue thrusting, tasting as I came. I thought I might die. My lungs explode, standing there, coming and inhaling. It was so long before I remembered how to exhale again. I wanted to keep her inside of me as long as I could. The bed was right next to me. Melanie, within arm's reach, safely tucked away, naked and trusting. Though she possessed me, I knew in that single quaking moment that I could never possess her. I'd been so racked with guilt over that shameful invasion, that violation. I fled from her apartment, tears searing my cheeks. Disoriented, I regained my feet in Melanie's hot, breath-stealing garage. Agonizing desire still clawed at my hard cock. But I locate the tool cabinet and begin yanking its drawers open, searching for something, anything. Just as my trembling fingers enclose around the black rubber handle of a screwdriver, Melanie throws open the garage door, her flip-flops slapping the wooden steps as she descends into the sauna-like garage, her breasts bouncing, tiny nipples straining against the camisole's thin fabric, her face twisted in anger. My forbidden Avalon. I'm so tired of this. I want to know, right now, why you don't want me. She crosses her arms around her tiny middle, cradling herself against what she thinks I might say. But I'm focused on holding the screwdriver and move to walk past her back to my job of putting her desk together. Oh, no, you don't. We're doing this, guy. No pulling away from me anymore. I've been letting you just walk away for far too long. This injured puppy shit stops right now. Her thin fingers press against the heart, pounding within my chest. It hammers against her palm. Please, just tell me. I need to know, she whispers and looks up her blue eyes made crystalline by the sunlight shining in through the small garage window. Melanie, I can't. I try. Why can't you? Her voice is small, vulnerable. My cock, already a monster seeking savagery, throbs painfully against my jeans at that delicate tone. I grind my teeth, squeeze the screwdriver handle until my knuckles burn. I can't. Melanie abruptly rakes the screwdriver from my palm and flings it against the garage door. The crash echoes her frustration. Why? Because you're ashamed you smelled my panties? Shock storms through my senses and I recoil. The predator caught with the telltale feathers still between its teeth. Her expression softens. A smile lifts a corner of her mouth. Though I tower over her, surpass her in weight by a hundred pounds. She easily pushes me back against the tool cabinet with both hands. I wasn't that drunk, guy. Melanie looks down, and now she sees my humiliation pressing against my pants and lifts a single, delicate eyebrow. Though I was disappointed. I let you undress me. And then there I was, left all alone, 
perfectly horny and naked with no one to satisfy me. Melanie steps closer, but I don't dare breathe. Has it ever even occurred to you to fuck me? Her fingers curl into claws and she drags 10 scorching trails down my sweaty t-shirt. Her nails snag on both my nipples. I suck air between my teeth at the fiery sensation. Don't, Melanie, please. I'd, I'd hurt you. I'm too rough. Too swiftly for my intoxicated mind to keep track of, my jeans are undone. Melanie's small, cool hand deftly slipping beyond the teeth of my zipper, finding me, gripping me until I grunt. Her eyes open wide at her findings. I usually write about this kind of thing. She presses her breasts against my torso and begins stroking me. When I growl and instinctively move my hips forward, she gives her own hips two quick shimmies. Her sweatpants fall in a quiet whisper to the concrete floor, revealing those bright sunflower yellow panties. And right now, you are inspiring me, big guy. My head spins at her words, doubting their meaning. Those bright yellow panties taunt me, and then I recall that honeyed spice of her cunt. Imagine my cock, given leave to penetrate it. It's the trigger I can't unpull. My protective wall, carefully forged after all these years, crumbles. I spin her, slam her against the tool cabinet, pin her tiny frame with my hulking body. I'll hurt you. You can't want that, can you, Melanie? I bare my teeth against her smooth cheek, thrust my cock into her small fist. For the love of God, yes! Hurt me, you big fucking gorilla! She groans. I pull my cock away, immediately feeling the loss of her hand. But in a flurry of reckless tugs, the white camisole, her bra, and my jeans are ripped away, a collection on the concrete floor. I pin her right back against the tool cabinet, hard, its contents now scrambled from their once organized arrangement. I clutch each of her breasts, pinch her pink nipples until they're the color of cherries, and my mouth waters and my teeth make their way down her body, nipping her flesh until they find that torturous band of yellow. With the cotton between my teeth, I pull until her panties begin to slide. The warm scent of cunt is so dizzying, I nearly forget which way is down. I hook my fingers over the stretchy fabric, and down they go. And then they're off, and I sling Melanie's legs over my shoulders and take my first taste of cunt. I am not graceful, nor am I gentle. I use my teeth and lips and tongue against her thighs, labia, and clit. My hands have become talons. I clutch her ass cheeks and plunge my tongue deep into her flesh. She cries and moans. I growl and consume. Melanie takes hold of my shoulders, trusting me. I feel drunk on her sweet flavor, her skin so pliable beneath my gruff touch. I think that surely insanity is just a breath away, and I suddenly fear the rest of the things I want to do to her.
But then Melanie's fingers are tangled in my hair. How she drags me upwards from my knees, I don't know. Then she lifts her legs until they are around me, locked. I grab her waist and spear her onto me. My hips pump and work. Melanie snags my earlobe between her teeth and tugs until I answer back with a growl and take possession of her mouth with my own. Her back and hips crash against the tool cabinet with each thrust I fuck her with. I pull her long, damp hair with my fist until her neck is straining and I watch in awe as her breasts are smashed against my chest. After all these agonizing years, I am finally possessing her. She is mine. Melanie closes her eyes, her body bending, melting, and accepting all that I give. No, she's calling to the animal, the beast. She's offering it sanctuary. I feel her opening up to my intrusion, my cock going deeper, until I am embedded, emboldened, and she's not breaking, shattering like I'd feared she would. Instead, I see that she is perfectly equipped for me. Melanie's eyebrows knit together, this time not because of some silly creative fiction, but because of me. She wraps her arms tight around my neck, and I can feel her core contracting. I curve my lower spine, square my footing, grab her ass, and fuck her until she goes rigid and then screams, her fingers digging into my scalp. Her cum is warm and slippery, washing over my balls. She releases me and leans back until she can reach behind, gaining support from the tool cabinet. I pause my fucking when she pulls her knees up to rest her heels on my hips and she lets her knees fall to the sides, wide, while I support her. I look down at the blushing, wet gash with my big cock, slowly sliding in and out of its beautiful mouth. I nearly burst into tears at the sight. I'm unhinged. My balls swing heavily with their load, slapping her ass with each pounding thrust until my cock threatens to split her, and then I feel my cum rising, It thrashes up the barrel, hot and torrential, and into Melanie with such force, I almost feel sick to my stomach. But that flash of teeth, that smile, her gentle hand on my thick wrist, and her languid sigh, makes my heart hammer against my chest with a slower, prideful beat. down at her small frame, still in my possession, attached to me, and I shake my head back and forth at the many bruises already forming in her porcelain skin. I'm rendered speechless. You'll just have to try harder next time then, won't you? you guys i hope you guys enjoyed 
too many of you guys. I hope y'all enjoyed the show. That was Control Z, written by me. Um, it's a story featured in The Sexy Librarian's Dirty 30 Volume 1. Don't forget that Dirty 30 Volume 2 audiobook is available right now. You guys know that's the best way to support the show is buying our audiobooks. And we'll love you even harder if you guys leave us a sexy review in Audible. And spread the word, of course. Hey! Are you interested in winning free audiobooks? I know you are. Contact stupidfish at gmail.com. Let me know that you want to enter to win Dirty 30 Volume 2 audiobook, and I will put your name in the hat. The drawing ends on June 30th. That's a couple of weeks. You guys get in touch with us. You can follow the show on Twitter at the KMQ. Again, you guys can email us, thekissmequicks at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail. I love voicemails. Don't forget to give me permission to play it on the show. For more sexy stories, go to Amazon, iTunes, or Audible and search Rose Carraway. Sign up for Audible's 30-day trial and you can get one of my audiobooks for free. Your subscription will include one free audiobook every month, as well as give you discounted prices on all my audiobooks. You can cancel at any time. Don't forget to leave us a sexy review while you're there. Audio production by Big Daddy Dave Carraway. The KMQ would like to thank the following musical artists. Creo, Ryan Little, Grapes, Kai Engel, Michette, and the KMQ credit music by Vivich. The Kiss Me Quick's Erotica podcast is a Stupid Fish production and is brought to you by The Sexy Librarian's Dirty 30, Volume 2. Edited by Rose Carraway. Narrated by Big Daddy, Jade A. Waters, Donna Stone, and Rose Carraway. Stupid Fish. A Taste of Eroticism. Author Eva Hoare. Narrated by Rose Carraway. Category Zoomorphism. Subjects. 1. Cages. 2. Sex pound. 3. Tattoo-striped pussy. We were traveling through Thailand. My friend Simon couldn't wait to show me a place he'd discovered when he'd visited three years prior. He said it would blow my mind. We spent almost an hour and a half in the humidity searching for the location. I was exhausted and about to tell Simon to forget it, that we should just go back to the hotel and jump in the pool, when he grabbed me by the arm. Here, he said, I think. He dragged me through a throng of people bartering for goods, and then through a nondescript doorway. Yes, this is it, he said breathlessly. You're kidding. You brought me all this way to go in there, I said, stumbling behind him. The place was a dump. There were no two ways about it. But Simon was adamant. We were going in. I was nervous. It looked suspicious to me. We could have been walking into some kidnapping ring or an undercover place where cops hung out just waiting to bust criminals. Now that we were here, I wasn't sure I wanted to go in. Simon pulled me by the arm, dragging me with him as the door banged closed behind us, causing me to jump. Don't be such a chicken, he said. It looks dodgy, man. 
I said, wrinkling my nose. Come on, you won't be sorry, just trust me. It was dark and dingy with the door closed, and the rank aroma of body odor, perfume, food, and the underlying subtle whiff of sex was everywhere. We climbed a few rickety steps, went through another door, and then came upon a larger room. I quickly realized that we were standing in a foyer. The lighting was soft. Mood music played. The carpet was plush, and there were several velvet lounges scattered about. A woman stood on a platform, the house madam. Her arms were splayed outward. She nodded, indicating that we were welcome here, I guessed. Through the apparently very thin walls, I could hear laughter, the odd yelp, and, of course, the hard and soft moans that went along with enthusiastic fucking. A lightweight white curtain billowed gently beside me. I glanced that way and saw that behind the see-through fabric, there was a cage. And in that cage was one of the most beautiful women I'd ever seen. I pushed the curtain aside. When she caught my eye, she gave me the most provocative smile. She twisted a little and then crouched her body seductively, giving me glimpses of her hips breasts, and pussy. I observed her, my mouth open. Then the petite naked woman stood and walked to a chair in the center of her cage. The whole time, her gaze never left mine. Her body was magnificent, high breasts, small and perky, with dark areolas, nice lean legs, a high and tight rump, and dark silk-like hair that framed her incredibly gorgeous face. Fuck, I whispered. I couldn't take my eyes off of her. She licked her lips, her tongue lingering while she cupped one of her breasts, as though offering it to me. Um, can we have her? My hand reached forward, seemingly of its own accord, and my cock began to throb. But then Simon was suddenly dragging me once again— I stumbled along, still enthralled with the caged girl. I hardly noticed that the madam was leading us through a corridor. Snap out of it, Simon whispered. We look like amateurs. The madam led us through a long, low-lit hallway that smelled of incense and sex, and then we entered another, much larger room. A cacophony of sex sounds filled the air. A few of the curtains were open, and at least ten available women were in various sizes of cages. They wore all manner of dress and costume. There were a few caged men, too. Some were unabashedly masturbating, using their own hands or the bars of their cages while, seemingly, waiting for selection. I wondered where all the action took place, if you did it there in the curtained-off enclosures, or if you went to a different, more private room where a bed was provided. We stopped in front of one of the partitioned rooms, with its curtains closed. The madam was not ugly, but she certainly wasn't beautiful. Her smile was sly, as though she knew something we didn't. For a moment, I wondered if we were getting in way over our heads. After all, what did we really know about this place? Once the madam parted the wide curtains, it took only a moment for my eyes to adjust to the darkness within. 
And then I saw two cages, side by side, that stood less than waist high, a crouched woman inside each one. The woman closest to me was almost hidden by shadows. When she moved, I could see that she was in a cat costume. No, she was a cat. And then it suddenly hit me as I quickly looked around. These men and women weren't wearing costumes. This was no ordinary brothel. This was some kind of weird sex pound. The caged woman's ears were high, pointed, and seemed to be covered in fine, short hair. On closer inspection, I could see that she also had whiskers on her face and stripes tattooed down her back and over her arms. Her fingernails were long, red-painted talons, dangerous-looking. She even had a tail. I tried very hard to see how it was attached. The woman moved around her small cage, just like an antsy cat would. She even meowed and purred, licking her lips while tugging at her nipples. Then her sharp red nails beckoned me to her. I stepped forward immediately. This cage was half the size of the one in the foyer. The catwoman couldn't stand inside it but she could crawl around comfortably and possibly even had room to kneel. As I stared, fixated on what it would be like to fuck this sexy catwoman, Simon haggled with the madam over prices. My striped vixen crawled toward the front of her cage, spread her legs, and then pushed them between the bars until her tattoo-striped pussy pressed up against the thick metal. She rubbed and purred, and my cock swelled. She was extraordinary. My senses were reeling. She thrust her breasts forward between the bars as well, her nipples tight and so very enticing. I reached out to touch one, but the madam slapped my hand away. Money hasn't changed hands yet, she said. Hurry up and pay, man. I told Simon, no longer worried about anything except getting my hands on the catwoman's wondrous flesh. Simon negotiated, using his broken tie. I could only hope my friend knew what he was doing. The thought of missing out on fucking this striped minx was too much to bear. The madam began whispering something to me, too, but I couldn't understand what she said. She said, we get these two in the cages, Simon said, excitedly in my ear. What do you mean, in the cages, I asked. They don't come out. Well, how are we supposed to, you know, fuck them, I asked, my cock straining as I noticed that now my little kitten was fingering herself. I watched as she spread her fat pussy lips with those long red cat claws. She slid one shiny red nail slowly into her pink hole. My cock was leaking pre-cum.